0: My name is Stuart Pizzell, lead pastor here. Thanks for joining us in person or online or on the podcast. We're going to continue our series called Navigating a Confusing Culture. And today's passage comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 13 through 23. And here's what God's Word says in that passage. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding, for gain from her is better are called blessed. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, He established the heavens. By His knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. And they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. Let's pray. Um, Jesus, we pray that you would be the one who preaches to us today. We, We don't need me, we need you. And Holy Spirit, would you give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds that will understand, and a will that will desire to serve you. And Father, we pray that all of this would be so that you would build your church, both Westminster and the church at large. And Lord, we pray that you would use us in that way, grow us in what you want us to hear today, and cause us to be people who are better equipped to navigate the confusion around us. In Jesus' name, amen. When, uh, when I was a young child, my sister and I used to put together jigsaw puzzles. And uh, somewhere along the line, I developed an interest in doing not just any old jigsaw puzzle, but really, really difficult ones. Uh, kind of like this one. Now, I haven't done this one, but if you don't know what that is, that is a, a literal puzzle of puzzle pieces, random puzzle pieces. So it would be very difficult because there's nothing that really helps you know what the picture looks like. Now, if I brought this home and I said, okay, kids, let's go do this puzzle together, I'd know what the answer would be, no way. I don't know why, I, just, I guess I just like the challenge of it. But also know that life can be challenging because life is a little bit like a puzzle. It can be sometimes difficult to piece things together, right? It, it, sometimes we come across situations and we don't know how things fit. Uh, sometimes we face confusing questions and we try hard to puzzle it out, but we can't quite get there. In, in this sermon series, we've been going through uh, the pieces of a puzzle of how to help us to understand better how to navigate our confusing culture. And it, An easier puzzle would look like this. Yeah, there you go. That's a simple one. And each piece of this puzzle represents some of the things we've been talking about. So first of all, there's the gospel. We start with the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Uh, Can we go to the next slide? There we go. Nope, not that one there. There we go. Uh, Yeah, we start with the gospel, the good news of Jesus. When we're trying to make a decision and we don't know which way to turn, start with Jesus. And if you can't figure out any other way that the gospel applies to your situation, you at least know this. Jesus came to save you from your sin. So if one of the options is sinful, don't go that route. Uh, Second, we've learned that to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, with everything that we are, is another way that we can try to navigate through the confusion. So you've got loving God. You ask the question in this situation, am I loving God? how am I loving God? Am I doing the right thing for the wrong reason? Because often we can, as religious people, we can do that. We can do the right thing, but not out of love for God. And so we need to go back and ask, am I loving God? How am I loving God? The next piece of the puzzle that we've talked about is neighbor, loving neighbor. Am I loving my neighbor? Yeah, it's one thing to love God, but am I showing that love also in the way that I love other people? Because God tells us that if we say we love him, but we don't love other people, then we're basically liars. So you can't love God and not love the person made in his image. So if you have a difficult situation, how am I loving my neighbor? Am I loving my neighbor? What does it look like to love my neighbor in this situation? And then we move on to last week, we talked about Scripture, because Scripture helps us to know all three of these things. How do I love my neighbor? Scripture answers that question. How do I love God? Scripture answers that question. How do I apply the gospel to my life? Scripture answers that question. And there might be even passages of Scripture where we can go to about a specific situation we're facing and say, does the Scripture say anything about it? And if so, That is wisdom from God. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the next piece of the puzzle applying wisdom. Because you see, life can be confusing. We all know that. And wisdom helps us navigate the confusion. Life can be confusing, and wisdom helps us to navigate confusion. Can we go to that slide, please? It's coming. It's there. Next one. No? No?
1: All right, well, there it is.
0: Wisdom. If you're filling in blanks, it's wisdom. All right, so Proverbs 3, 21-23, we read this earlier. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. And they will be life for your soul, an adornment for your neck. And then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. Let me ask you, do you want life for your soul? Do you want to be able to walk your way more securely? Do you want to walk through this confusing life without significant stumbling? I mean, let's be honest, we're all going to stumble but we don't want to stumble significantly. Do you want that? If so, what you need is wisdom. Wisdom. And you might be asking, at least some of you may be asking, well, what is wisdom? It's more than just knowledge, right? We all know people who are knowledgeable, but they're not wise. My dad used to tell me when I was a kid, Stuart, you've got book sense, but you have no common sense. Basically what he was saying is you've got knowledge, but you don't have wisdom. All right? Wisdom is more than just experience. Because we know there are people that they have lots of experience, but they're not wise. And there's some of us who, we have lots of experience and we know the right thing to do, we know the best thing to do, but we don't do it, right? Wisdom is basically knowledge and experience applied for making sound, good judgments. That's what wisdom at its core really is. We're taking our wisdom. Sorry, we're taking our knowledge, we're taking our experience, we're putting them together, we're applying them to our situation, and we're making a good, sound, just judgment. All right, so since that's what wisdom is, we need wisdom to do several things. Number one, we need wisdom to discern right from wrong. We need wisdom to discern right from wrong. Let's face it, we live in a society right now that has no idea how to discern right from wrong. And as followers of Christ, we need to grow in this area ourselves. So many of the people in our society base their uh, sense of right and wrong on their own thoughts and feelings. Some in the church do this. My thoughts, my feelings, what I think, I feel, That's what you hear a lot. The problem with our thoughts and feelings is that they change, right? And so what might be right one day may be wrong the next, and what may be wrong yesterday might be right tomorrow. You you can't get it straight because your thoughts and feelings change. Same way with what's popular. There may be lots of ways in which we say, oh, well, everybody says that this is the right thing to do, so it must be the right thing to do. It's the popular thing to do, so it must be right. And I can't help but hear that voice in the back of my head, my mom saying, well, if everybody jumped off a cliff. Just because something's popular doesn't mean it's the right thing. When we base our sense of right and wrong on what is the most good for the most people. And that that sounds reasonable. What is the most good for the most people? What ends up happening is there's some people who are going to get a lot of benefit, and there's some people who are going to get harmed and hurt that really right when we base our sense of right and wrong on tradition we need to understand that just because something is a tradition doesn't mean it's good doesn't mean it's right doesn't mean it's just if we base our sense of right and wrong on what religious people say You need to understand that, I hope you understand this, but religious people have a tendency to go overboard on things. They draw the lines farther out than they need to, or further in than they need to. And they'll make long lists of do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs. And some of those things that are supposedly right, They're just choices. They're not right or wrong. They're just choices. And some of the things that you say are wrong, they're not. How many times growing up did I hear, "Oh, you're not supposed to have a drink, alcohol of any sort." Now you could drink Nyquil to put you to sleep, which back then it had alcohol in it, but you can't drink alcohol in any form, in any way, in any circumstance. Does the Scripture say that? No, it doesn't, right? And so based on, based on what religious people say, religious people get it wrong. Uh, Jesus used to put it, Jesus put it this way. He said that religious people strain a gnat and they swallow a camel. If we base our sense of right and wrong on what seems logical, And this is the one that I think we struggle with the most, what seems logical. We need to realize that logic is not uh, a good source of defining what is right and wrong. Let me give you an example. There are logical reasons for me to be honest and trustworthy and helpful to other people. Logical reasons. It benefits me But what happens when we turn the tables and we say, well, being honest and trustworthy and being helpful will not help me? It'll benefit other people, but it won't benefit me. Then the logic says, well, then I shouldn't do that. Right? So even logic doesn't help us out when it comes to what is wise, what is right and wrong. So how do we discern what is right and wrong? We have to start with God. We have to start there. Because Proverbs 3, 19-20, what we read earlier, says this, The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, He established the heavens. By His knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped the dew. What this passage is telling us is that the Lord created everything through His wisdom. And so His creation was a wise creation. He knows how everything is supposed to work. He knows how things operate best. He knows how things ought to be. And so it is best for us to go to God and ask Him for His wisdom. Because He knows what's best because He created us. He created our world. He wrote His ways into the very fabric of our universe. So how foolish is it for us to ignore God and to say, well, I've got this figured out, right? And we see this in another passage in Proverbs, Proverbs 2, 6 through 11, where the the author of Proverbs says, the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand... Then, when you know wisdom, when you know the wisdom that God gives, then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. It's basically the same thing as another passage in Proverbs says, Proverbs 9-10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to know wisdom? You start with God. You start there. And and, and for those of you who aren't familiar with the way the word fear is used sometimes in the scriptures, let me just take a moment to say something about that. It's It's a little added extra. We tend to use the word fear as in, I'm terrified. Like, I go to a, if you go to a horror movie and you watch a horror movie and you get scared, that's fear. And so someone might be saying, well, am I supposed to be afraid of God? No, not like that. No, the fear of the Lord is really a reverence. It is a healthy respect and honor. It is recognizing that He is God and I am not. He's the one who created everything. He's the one that understands everything. He's the one who is wise in all of his ways. And I am not. And so, the fear of the Lord, the healthy respect and honor and understanding of who God is and who I am, that is the beginning of wisdom. You want to be wise? Start there. You want to discern what is good and evil, what's right and wrong? Start with God. You can't start with yourself, you can't start with your society. You can't start with tradition. You have to start with God, period. There's this great story that I love about a man named Socrates. You may have heard of him in maybe a history class, a philosophy class. Supposedly one time he went to an oracle, and he wanted to know what his future was like. And the oracle said to him, Socrates is the most wisest man in all of Athens. And he left there scratching his head because he thought, I'm not wise. I don't get it. I don't understand why the oracle, the oracle must be wrong. But then, as Socrates went around Athens and he started listening to people, he recognized so many people were saying things as if they really understood them, and they didn't. They were using words like justice, and they had no idea what they meant by it. Mercy, and they had no idea what they meant by it. And Socrates, what was was wise about him was that he recognized that he was not wise. I know that sounds paradoxical, but the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is recognizing I am not wise, God is. So if I really want wisdom, where do I go? I go to God. I'm not saying Socrates was a Christian. He probably was not. But what we see in the, another passage in Proverbs is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and, it, and it, it spells this out really well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. That, that's what we're talking about here. You want to discern what's good and evil, what's right and wrong. Trust in God. Trust the one who created all things in wisdom, who created you in wisdom, who knows you better than you know yourself, who knows your situation better than you know your situation. Start there. And then he will make your path straight. Alright, so second, not only do we need wisdom to discern right from wrong, we need wisdom to distinguish what is good, better, and best. Not just right from wrong, but we also need to distinguish what is good, better, and best in various situations. Notice how that language finds itself in this passage in Proverbs, Proverbs three thirteen through 15. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. <coughs> For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit is better than gold. She's more wisdom, is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So, already built into this, wisdom tells you that there are some things that are better than others. Some choices that are better than others. They don't necessarily need to be right or wrong choices. There's just some that are better choices. And then there are best choices. Right? Like, think about Proverbs 27.10. This isn't right or wrong. It's just recognizing that some situations are better. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. Right? Your brother would probably help you out in a mess. But if he's far away and your neighbor's right there and your neighbor says, here I am, I'll help you. It's better for your neighbor to help you than you say, no, no, thank you. Let me call my brother who's 17 hours away, and maybe he'll be able to help me. You you see what I'm saying? There are some situations that are better than others, and they're not necessarily right or wrong. Sometimes we need wisdom to know what to do in, in situations that aren't necessarily right or wrong. We just need to know what is better or what is best. One of my favorite examples of this, and those of you who went through the Sunday school class years ago about relationships, you know this. Proverbs 26, 4 says, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. Don't answer a fool. If you come across someone who's foolish, don't don't answer him according to his own folly. You don't want to be like him. But the very next verse says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in, the, in, own, in his own eyes. There are some times when you're talking to a fool and you need to dress him in his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So which is it? Is it don't answer a fool according to his folly or answer a fool according to his folly? It's both. You just need wisdom to figure out which way to go in your particular situation. See, that's what wisdom is, making the right kind of judgment call. It's hard making judgment calls. We all need wisdom to do that well because we all tend to have those times where we make something right and wrong when it's really only better or best or maybe good or better. In fact, the Scriptures go on in Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 to say, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil." How do you know how to use the best use of your time? You need wisdom. You need wisdom. You need to look at your whole life and with your knowledge and experience and what the Lord gives you, you need to look at it and go, how do I best use my time with what I have? And that's going to be different in some ways for all of us, because we're all in different situations. We all have different gifts. We all have different abilities. All right. There's a third way that we need to, we need wisdom. And this is one that I'm excited about sharing with you. Not only do we need to discern right from wrong through wisdom, not only do we need to distinguish what is good, better, and best through wisdom, but we through wisdom we promote flourishing. And we create and we and we promote shalom. Now I'm using the word shalom there very intentionally. Because in Proverbs uh, 3, 13, 17, blessed is the one who finds wisdom. All her paths are peace. That word peace there is shalom. And oftentimes, we think of peace as just the absence, the the absence of strife. You know, I'm at peace when there's no strife. I'm, I'm here to tell you today that biblical peace, biblical shalom, scriptural, what God gives us when he gives us peace is so much better than just the lack of strife. It is wholeness. It is well-being. It is life itself. Take a look at this passage from Proverbs 3 again. Listen to the language of flourishing and shalom, wholeness, well-being. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. You have favor from God and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her, from wisdom, is better than gain from silver and her profit is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her because there's flourishing. There's wholeness in wisdom. Verse 16. Long life is in wisdom's right hand and in Wisdom's left hand are riches and honor. Verse 17. Wisdom's ways are the ways of pleasantness. And all wisdom's ways are shalom, peace, wholeness, well-being. Proverbs 3.18 says, She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Blessed. That tree of life imagery, that's a call back to the Garden of Eden when there was no sin. When there was no strife, yes, but there was no underlying cause of the strife because sin was no more. And so when we say that wisdom is a tree of life, it's, again, it's that call back to Eden and say, don't you want to go back to that? but even better, something you cannot lose again. And that is where the good news of Jesus comes in. Because you see, ultimately, ultimately, wisdom is found in the Lord Jesus. You want wisdom? Go to the Lord Jesus. In Colossians 2, 2 through 3, Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You want wisdom? Here it is treasures beyond your belief in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus is the one who really promotes flourishing and shalom, peace and whole being well-being, wholeness. Why Why does He do that? Because Jesus is the one who died taking the curse of sin upon Himself to reverse that curse so that He could be a tree of life to us. And we would have life with Him forever. And not just everlasting life, a life that never ends, but a life of such quality and goodness that no eye has seen, no mind has conceived, no ear has heard. What kind of goodness God has for us. That's some good news. And it's all found in Jesus, in the wisdom of Jesus. Jesus shows us the best life, not just the good life, not even the better life, But the best life, abundant life, life it was meant to be, loving God with all of our soul and all of our heart and all of our mind and all of ourselves and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus shows us the way. In fact, he restores us so that we're able to do that because he makes us new creations in him. That's good news for us because we all live in this fallen world and we're broken people who don't love God and we don't love one another and yet God works in our hearts by His Spirit to change us from the inside out so that we will love Him and we will love other people. That's some good news for us. That's where wisdom is. And you know what? Jesus helps us to see wisdom because he helps us to see what is truly right and truly wrong. There is no other person in the history of the world who lived a life like Jesus. I don't seem to be able to go just a few minutes without a sinful thought, a sinful word, or a sinful action. And Jesus For 33 years, every moment of every day, loving his God, loving his Father, loving other people perfectly, without fail. And he did that, not only to to be obedient, but for us. So that not only did He take on our wrongness at the cross, but He gave us His righteous life, His rightness. And He said, I'll take your sin, you take my perfect life, we'll call it even. That, my friend is amazingly good news to those of us who fall short, to those of us who don't have wisdom, to those of us who know we are foolish and we have failed time and time again. Jesus is wisdom for us because he is life, he is righteousness, he is goodness, he is our everything. Why be foolish and ignore the goodness of Jesus, the wisdom of Jesus? the greatness of Jesus. So if you need an action point for this week, here it is. When you're facing confusing issues, and we all do, seek and apply godly wisdom. And of course, do that in the Lord Jesus. But go to the Scriptures. Pray to God and say, I need wisdom. Be like Proverbs 4, 6-8. through 8 where it says, do not forsake her. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will keep you. Love wisdom, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Get Jesus. He is wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize wisdom highly, and she will exalt you, and she will honor you if you embrace her. If there's one thing you do today, recognize your need for wisdom. And that wisdom can only be found in the Lord Jesus. If you missed everything else I've said, don't miss that. So church, let's rely on the Spirit to grow us in the wisdom of Christ. And I'm going to pray that we'll be able to do that. Holy Spirit, will you please grow us in wisdom? Show us where we're foolish. Show us where we need to be corrected. Show us where we make bigger deals out of things that we don't need to make a big deal out of and we don't make enough of a deal about something when we do. Just show us where we are messed up in our thinking and in our applying knowledge and experience and give us real wisdom in the Lord Jesus. Let Him be that tree of life to us. And even as we partake in the Lord's Supper today, Holy Spirit, would you move and use this time to increase our faith? And even those who are not yet there and don't yet believe, would you draw them to yourself today that they would know your wisdom in Jesus? Amen.